Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code FINSUP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect, though. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Fanatics Network. I'm Sam Marcoux, and he, well, he's the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, vaccinated from all the bullshit of the NFL. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Christopher Colin. Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Great. And obviously now, according to you, vaccinated. So that's wonderful. Thank you. I am essential, but not vaccinated yet. <laughs> well, not vaccinated from the COVID, but I'm talking about vaccinated from all the bullshit that's happening surrounding the Miami Dolphins. Again, Chris, as we always talk about with this team, uh, we aren't in the playoffs. We aren't necessarily, quote unquote, relevant uh, to what's going on in the NFL universe right now. We have the AFC and NFC championship game set. And then, of course, the Super Bowl. Uh, but here we are on a Monday. Uh, seeing that the Miami Dolphins are once again in the news because Tua Tungavailoa, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback position in general here for the Miami Dolphins is uh, front page in the sports section across the country. And you and I are here to talk about it, Chris. Of course. And this is like, we can repeat this for so many different of our episodes. Why are we always the team? Like it's always us. No one's talking about Arizona anymore or Cincinnati or uh, Seattle. They're looking for an OC, so they're kind of in the news, but it's always us, Sam. It's like we're the national, like, I mean, I guess in this instance, it's a good thing because according to the the, the reports, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson would like to come to Miami because he likes Flores and the culture and no state income taxes. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing, but I cannot believe we're sitting here less than the year after Tua Tonga was traded. And uh, this is this is what we're going to talk about. Well, and it's it's insane to me too, Chris, because leave it to the Miami Dolphins to go 10 and 6, improve drastically year over year in year two with Brian Flores, draft a quarterback fifth overall in the 2020 draft. The guy that 
for the most part, Miami Dolphins fans wanted for a couple of years prior to him actually coming here, being named the starter and uh, almost making the playoffs, having a deluge of draft picks. And uh, what do you know it if we still have a quarterback controversy? It is the ultimate curse of Dan Marino, Chris. We can't get away from it. We can't run from it. We have to embrace it, which is why you and I are here on this episode. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. We're going to talk about Tua Tungavailoa. We're going to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. We may even throw in a little bit of Chad Henney and possibly a fuck Steve Young. That's what we do here in the Welcome to Perfect broadcast universe but uh let's talk about the quarterbacks that we have currently chris that's where we're going to start with this whole thing uh let's start with what happened in 2020 let's start with Tua tongue of iloa and ryan fitzpatrick i'm just going to read off the stats here chris uh i'm going to start with our starting quarterback mr Tua tongue of iloa Tua had 290 attempts 186 completions for 1,814 yards, good for 64% uh, 64 uh, completion percentage, 6.3 yards per attempt, not very good, 11 touchdowns over five interceptions, 20 sacks, good for an 87.1 rating his rookie season. Again, he he took about 50, a little over 53% of the snaps. Uh, So basically about half of the snaps at quarterback for the rookie uh, to a tongue of Iloa. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 267 attempts, 183 completed for 2,091 yards, good for 68.5% on his completion percentage, 7.8 yards per average, 13 touchdowns over eight interceptions. Uh, He had 14 sacks and a 95.6 rating. He also had a long of 70 yards, whereas two as long was 35 yards, Chris. Uh, So those are the raw stats there. Look, if you add those two up, again, Fitzpatrick won about 47% of the snaps at quarterback. Tua did about 53%. You add those up, and you're looking at a team that had uh, you know, I don't know, middle of the road in terms of sacks given up, 34. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see here, uh, you've got 24 touchdowns over 13 interceptions, and you've got a little over 3,000 yards in terms of, of, of throwing, um, or actually closer to 4,000 yards, excuse me. So that, that's actually not terrible, about 3,900 yards between the two of them, and probably a completion percentage of about 66%. Uh, what are your overall impressions when you tie those together about the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins in 2020? Uh, it's okay. Um, obviously, we had ups and downs, uh, lack of running game, a lack of weapons, uh, a lot of injuries, uh, holdouts, you know, Hearns and, and Wilson. So you, you got to look at this in the big picture of not just what were the stats, uh, how do they look. Uh, Tua uh, is a rookie, no training camp, uh, you know, no preseason games. Ryan Fitzpatrick was Ryan Fitzpatrick, had great moments, uh, flashy, unbelievable, and then he had Fitz tragic. So it's what we probably expected going in um, 10 and six. I don't think I was expecting that. Uh, so to be, Oh my God, <laughs> there's a fucking bug on my goddamn thing. Dude. It just scared the shit out of me. I, 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 I mean, uh, give it vice president. Chris Cullen at a debate right here. The fly just landed right on the <laughs> microphone head. I'm going to, you, 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 it's still there. So I'm going to stop talking so people can see it, it's but so take gross. a look at, it's yeah, moving. take a look. Yeah, there it's moving now. There it goes. Right there's a fucking like stink bug or something from like Lion King. I cannot believe we're this is the first time this has ever happened. Oh, there it goes onto the mic. Oh my god. That <laughs> thing was in my eyeball as I was talking. I literally had a fucking heart attack. Holy fucking shit. Oh. 
this is, uh, you know, just a little peek behind the curtain. We do this show and I don't know what's going to be the promo for the show. If you guys follow us on Twitter, I put out like a minute long promo teaser for the show and I never know what it's going to be. It just naturally comes to us. And it usually happens later in the show as we're getting going there, Chris, but within three minutes of the show, I think we have our teaser. Uh, if you aren't watching us on Twitter, you're not following the video. You're going to have to see this because Chris was literally just attacked on the air and inside of his own house by a bug. And, uh, you know what? You're a man because you, you were startled but if that was me there would be a sam size hole through that window behind you so kudos to you for I can't being a believe, man i swear to god it's like one of those instinctual that i'm like i'm oh shit i'm on air i'm talking don't freak out but it came right here just a corner of my eye there it is and i look and i'm like oh there it is can't believe that just fucking happened how, how do i talk about our quarterback situation now like how like it's gonna come back and eat me <laughs> well, apparent, apparently we're bugging everybody with this quarterback talk, but you know what? I'm being bugged because uh, we, we got to get to the bottom of it. Like you said, I mean, you were starting to go down the path of it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, we didn't have an offensive line that necessarily was able to block. I mean, if you look at the amount of time that both Fitzpatrick and Tua had in the pocket, it wasn't great. If you look at the separation in terms of the windows for our wide receivers to be open, one of the worst in the league, if not the worst in the league. So you're looking about, and, and that doesn't speak to Tua or Fitzpatrick. That speaks to a larger problem of the quarterbacks basically pushing a mountain up another mountain. I mean, that's what they're doing. And when you're doing that, you have a rookie on one side and you have a, a grizzled vet on the other. The grizzled vet is probably going to look a little bit better in that scenario because he's seen it before. He's been through it before. He knows to get rid of the ball. You know, he knows, as, as, as he famously said during the Raiders game on the broadcast, he knows what NFL open means. And he also knows that sometimes you can't read all of your progressions. You got to go with one or two and let it fly. Uh, two is still learning that whole process, right? Obviously, as a rookie, this game is very fast. It's very big for him. He's seeing things for the very first time, especially without a training camp and without a proper preseason. So if you look at the raw stats, you're right. It doesn't tell the whole story what tells the whole story is that we did not get a lot of help from our wide receivers we did not get any help really from our running backs and our offensive line is young with three rookies starting for the majority of the year um, they're going to have to get better they're going to have to learn to sustain those blocks for just a little while longer in order for Tua going forward or whoever the quarterback is going to be uh, to have time to read and make those progressions uh, beyond just a one and gun so that's kind of where you were going with that if I'm not mistaken Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, because like the context matters. Like we we talked about it before, the no preseason, the uh, the weapons, you know, uh, Preston Williams getting hurt uh, midseason, losing him, uh, Parker missing a few games, you know, Grant dropping m millions of passes. Uh, you, you mentioned the seventy yard long. Everybody remembers Tua going deep with the fucking end zone right behind him and hitting Grant right in the hands and him, him dropping it. He's probably going to get more than seventy yards for a long if he catches that. Maybe even so for um, uh, the game where. The, the crossing route and Jakeem Grant kind of bobbled it and, and wasn't able to run when he had no one there. There's so many things that uh, the stats don't show. Um, but if you're going to tell me April 23rd or whenever it was last year in the for the Las Vegas draft that was canceled is then virtual that we're going to get to a, he's going to play half the year. We're going to go 10 to six and be in it at the very, the very last week, 17, I would clap. I'd say that'd be, it sounds like an exciting season and, I, and I'd be excited for the future. So everything else after this that we're going to discuss is just, that's what's so crazy to me. Um, I just think fans need to be patient, um, especially considering all the other, other things involved as far as injury and um, you know, COVID. So. 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, looking at the, the stats that matter, right? I mean, obviously the stats that we just read off lead to the stats that matter, which are wins and losses in this league. Tua Tungavailoa is the only first round quarterback for the 2020 draft that actually had a winning record, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Justin Herbert didn't win many games. He had flashy stats, but he did so in a losing order. Uh, Joe Burrow had some flashy stats, but before he got injured, was losing games. Tua Tungavailoa was actually winning games without the flashy stats. And again, we're kind of, you know, victims of, of seeing what we want to see, in my opinion, Chris. There were times out there where Tua was actually, you know, looking much wiser beyond his years. And I go back to that Arizona Cardinals game, which is if you're a pro Tua guy, the game you go back to and you hang your hat on because he almost had 300 yards passing. He went toe-to-toe with Kyler Murray. We beat a team that was, again, very much like the Miami Dolphins, on the cusp of making the playoffs. Probably a game that when you go – or a team that when you go into – uh, that week on the schedule, you say the Cardinals are a better team than the Miami Dolphins. Chances are the Cardinals are going to win that game. Uh, they didn't. The Miami Dolphins won that game. Why? Mainly because of Tua Tungavailoa. He was able to throw down the field. He was able to make stuff happen with his legs. I mean, I didn't read off the stats of them rushing here, Chris. I mean, they're not the most gaudy numbers in the world, but they're effective. I mean, this is something that Tua and actually Fitz did quite well. I mean, we often joke that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best running back on the team. Um, yeah. I'm not too far off from that joke. He, he had a 5.8 yard per carry average, um, but Tua rushed 36 times for over 100 yards and had three touchdowns on the ground. Now, again, that's like a three yards per av- carry average, but that's your quarterback coming off a hip injury. You probably aren't wanting him to run around too much anyway. Uh, the fact that he got three touchdowns allows you to have uh, another weapon down on the goal line, which has traditionally been something that the Miami Dolphins have struggled with in terms of punching the ball in once you're in a goal-to-go situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 30 attempts, 151 yards, and two touchdowns himself. One that was like a massive scramble that wasn't like on the goal line or anything like that either. Um, so they do enough on the ground to be effective, in my opinion. But what you really saw from Tua in that Arizona Cardinals game was his ability to dodge, his ability, ability to get out of the pocket and create on a broken play, uh, again, because that offensive line wasn't able to hold the block for too long. So instead of taking the sack, which we have seen, look, I love Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill knew bury the ball and drop um, as much as he possibly could. Tua wasn't trying to do that. And now he, he did, again, I think towards the end of the season, see a little bit more of that, just hold on to the ball and get down. Um, but in that Cardinals game, if you go back and you really watch play-by-play, Chris, you see a guy who's making plays happen when there's no right for that to be anything more than a, throwing the ball away or taking a sack. And to me, that speaks to the man's talent and his ability uh, to read plays, diagnose plays, and understand when it's time to go. Yeah, and it's only going to get better as he uh, he as he goes, uh, you know, because the game's going to slow down because he won't be a rookie. He will hopefully have a preseason game. We'll hopefully have better talent in front of him on the line and uh, outside at the receiver. We have all the draft capital and free agency money to do so. Uh, last year, we put all of our efforts into the defensive side of the ball. I think that um, sh- that showed because of how well our defense performed and numbers um, scoring defense wise and, and turnovers. So uh, this year, the, all those uh, assets need to be used on the offense side of the ball. And if that happens, you're looking at a very scary team, in my opinion, and someone like Tua Tunga Viola is going to absolutely reap the benefits of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, no matter who the quarterback is, because we are going to get into the scenarios of who the quarterback may be for the Miami Dolphins, if it's not Tua Tungavailoa in 2021 and beyond, uh, you're going to need better weapons. You're going to need better wide receivers. I mean, you talked about it with Jakeem Grant, but it wasn't just Jakeem Grant. We had drops from Mike Kosicki. We had drops from Devontae Parker. You had drops from Preston Williams, you know, Lynn Bowden Jr. Just about everybody on the team had an inordinate amount of drops. And again, I don't know if that happens because they're bad receivers or if it's, if it's because of 
just where the ball was placed or Chris, I mean, I've heard of this for years going back to when Steve young, there it is Steve young, um, the ball coming from a left-handed quarterback versus a right-handed quarterback, especially when you're going back and forth in the season, like we had with Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Tua Tungavailoa, right-handed versus left-handed. Does that make a difference when the ball is spinning the opposite direction coming at you from a different angle than you're normally used to seeing? I mean, does that mess with your mind a little bit, especially in a bang bang type of atmosphere where if it comes from Ryan Fitzpatrick, everything else being the same, you catch it, but if it's to a tongue of Iloa, you got to concentrate just a little bit more because it's coming the other way. Is there any merit to that in your opinion? You played the game in college. Is there is there something to that, or is that just bullshit? Um, I wouldn't lean too heavily on that. It might come from a different arm angle. Uh, I know in baseball, it definitely was a big deal if you had a lefty pitcher as opposed to a right-handed pitcher, so I can see where that would be an issue. Uh, but the point is, though, is that, and you'll agree with this, you're in the NFL, the ball hits you in the hands, you catch it. I mean, they're catchable balls, you catch the ball. And, and also, too, uh, speaking of 2021, that also is where things like preseason games are going to come into play and be helpful when you're getting used to catching from a guy for the first time. Um, and they, we just didn't have it this year. So hopefully we do guys get more reps and uh, we just get better talent because I mean, I think we went into the season completely overrating our wide receiver room um, to where Parker had a great year last year. Preston Williams before injury was doing okay. And we're like, man, we got these two guys and, and, and Jakeem Grant in the slot. We're going to do great. No, like we had to start like these former quarterbacks uh, and they were the ones that had the majority of the success. Again, we couldn't count on Parker and uh, Williams to stay healthy. Um, and then we, there just wasn't enough that like merited like saying, hey, we can go into the draft and look at other positions. We absolutely have to get more talent out there. And in the draft, it, it, it's available. There, there's guys available, and we have to do it. Um, you look at these, ga- these games uh, in the in divisional round this weekend, um, and you're looking at this talent, you know, like the Mike Evans and the Godwins, and these guys are making plays – for their quarterbacks. And that's what we need out there on the football field, regardless of who a quarterback is, we need to get better offensively. Yeah. You know, and you look at the four teams that are left and that's the Buffalo bills, the Kansas city chiefs, the green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you look at the wide receivers and you look at the weapons that are available to these quarterbacks. Granted, you have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, who's doing quite well. And of course, uh, future MVP, Chad Henney, um, as your starting quarterbacks here in the AFC and NFC championship game, but look at the weapons that they have. I mean, you mentioned Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown, and that's just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You look at the Buffalo bills. They have Stefan Diggs running around out there. Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the game Josh Allen's numbers are unbelievably drastically better and different from last year to this year and the one thing that changed was adding a playmaker like Stefan Diggs throw the ball in the air and let Stefan Diggs run or jump and go get the ball I mean that's really the game plan this year for the Buffalo Bills passing game and it's working you know immensely well obviously they're in the AFC championship game we know all the weapons that the Kansas City Chiefs have from Travis Kelsey to Tyreek Hill to I mean their fifth wide receiver is probably a you know a, a WR1 for a lot of teams right now I mean they're just loaded with talent up and down the roster to help Patrick Mahomes out and then of course you've got the Green Bay Packers, which everyone always talks about poor Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have anybody around him. Devontae Adams is like a top three wide receiver. I think people need to shut up about Aaron Rodgers not having talent around him. He has Devontae Adams. Devontae freaking Adams. He's one of the best wide receivers to play the game in the last 20 years, and he's like in his prime right now. So Again, you could say some of that is due to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes making those players better. Sure. But you know what? Those players have talent. And one of the things that the Miami Dolphins don't have beyond, you know, the top of the wide receiver room is a lot of talent. They just don't. I'm sorry. We just don't. We have people that are oft injured. We have people that just don't know how to play the wide receiver position. And now on top of that, you take a, a quarterback. Again, we've talked about this ad nauseum coming off of an injury. Um, uh, no preseason, a rookie 
and you throw them into the fire and say, go make magic happen. Look at Justin Herbert and look at his wide receivers. You know, look at Cincinnati. They, they've got a rookie wide receiver that they invested in as well on top of Joe Burrow. They have weapons for him. The Miami Dolphins don't right now, which is why I think it's really, really difficult to, to take Tua and say, he's not the guy, he's a bust, get him out of here. I don't think you can do that. I mean, you, if you're looking to upgrade the position, okay, that's one thing. That's segment two of this show right here. But saying that it was a failure, I, I think is probably too harsh. Saying it's a success, is probably too soon. Um, I think that Tua Tungavailoa in 2020 gets, I, I, you know, I hate to sit on the fence here, Chris, but I think he gets an incomplete. What about you? Yeah, I agree with that completely. Like if we're going on a grading scale, let's see, you know, average. Uh, uh, you want him to go out there and throw it for 40 touchdowns like Herbert did and, and go crazy. Um, but like I said, we're sitting there with 10 wins. Uh, the fact that you just rattled off all the issues and the the less than perfect and ideal skills at receiver and running back, and we're out there with uh, just an absolute rotating schedule of roster for running backs every week. It's either Gaskins, it's Laird, it's it's Ahmed, it's, it's, it's Breida. I mean, you're sitting there with all those issues and you win 10 games. It's a testament to how good Brian Flores is and how good of his staff is, is. And I think how good Chris Greer did in uh, collecting talent uh, with the depth that we had. Uh, and now if we can add to that with first round picks with free agents that want to come here and want to play, uh, you got Alan Robinson liking tweets and things on Instagram uh, linking him to the Miami Dolphins. You've got Marvin Jones from the Cowboys liking and retweeting things on Instagram and Twitter, uh, linking him to the Miami Dolphins. They want to come play for a young quarterback in Miami for an uprising team that was literally had four chances, uh, d- different ways to get into the playoffs and missed it by this much. So, um, and once you're in the show, look what you can do. I mean, Cleveland got pretty far and they were like one hit away at that one yard line from the ball fumbling out of the end zone, which is a ridiculous uh uh, rule, by the way, uh, we'll get in that later, but um, they're one play away from beating the chiefs on the road and going to the AFC championship game. And them and us were right there tweetering, tittering, tweaking, you know, yeah. Seesawing to almost get into the playoffs. Uh, We were scissoring (laughs) and we're scissoring the Browns, us and Baker Mayfield. So yeah, we're that close. So guys are going to want to come here and then we have the draft capital. Uh, We can be a, a, a show stopping team next year for sure. Well, you know, Chris and I talked about the draft capital in the last episode of Perfectville and what we could do with it if we kept those picks. We're going to talk about what we can do with that draft capital if we don't keep those picks. A little bit of a teaser in uh, segment number two, where we talk about the starting quarterback position in 2021 and beyond for the Miami Dolphins. But before we jump off there, Chris, uh, let's end it with this. You, you, you said you give to a C in terms of a grade uh, for his 2020 rookie effort. Uh, what do you give Ryan Fitzpatrick? What is what is his grade? Ryan Fitzpatrick for me, um, I'd say a B. I mean, like he just he, he he did better than we thought, and he wasn't he was less tragic than he was magic. So uh, I'll give him a B for sure. I, I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick gets a B minus. I'm going to go with Tua Tungavailoa gets a C plus, and here's my reasoning on that. Ryan had a better season than Tua. Just if you look at the pure stats themselves, I think Ryan right now is the clear cut leader in that locker room, whereas Tua is somebody that will develop into that leader and has already shown signs of that leadership already. Okay, so let's just put that off to the side right now. 
But I will say this. I think if you are grading Tua based on the amount of potential that he has versus how much he tapped into it, he actually gets a lower grade to me. I think he's actually more of like a D because I think he's got so much potential that we're only scratching the surface right now, right? Which is why, again, I call it an incomplete because we just didn't see enough there. I think if the season, if he'd started all 16 games, you would have seen him progress as the season went on. But that aside, if I'm if I'm grading based on tapped potential, I think – Tua gets like a D and Ryan gets like an A minus. And the reason I say that is that I think this is as good as it gets for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not getting better at 38 years old. He's going to be basically where he's at right now for as long as he continues to play, which might be one year, might be two years, might be four years. Who knows what Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to do from here on out. But my point of this is, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to get you much more than what you already saw from the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick over the last two years. Tua, is on that first rung of the ladder. He's going to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. So overall, I'm going to give Tua a C plus. I'm going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick a B minus. Uh, but if we're looking at tap potential, I think Tua barely scratched the surface. And, you know, we're hitting bone marrow when it comes to Ryan Fitzpatrick and potential. <laughs> That's such a weird uh, way to explain that, but I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Tua's got the future's bright. We've hit talent around him. He's healed even more from that hip. Uh, he's more time in the NFL system. And hopefully, and obviously there's no breaking news at this point, but hopefully we get an offensive coordinator uh, that comes in here that wants to work with Tua, wants to build his offense around the guy uh, because I felt like he was being held back by our play caller last year in Shan Gailey, and we need to get somebody in, in, and stick with him. I hope they stay here for years uh, and, and uh, build an offense around him and play calling that suits him and his physical traits, and we're going to look like a totally different team and him a different player. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive into the coaching staff on another episode of Perfectville, just like we are with wide receivers, running backs, linebackers, defensive line, defensive back, special teams, all of it. Right now, we're deep diving into the quarterback position, and we just reviewed everything that Tua Tungavailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick did for the 2020 Miami Dolphins quarterback position. In fact, Chris, there's only one other guy on the stat sheet for the Miami Dolphins at quarterback, and he's actually the highest rated QB that we had barely eking out Ryan Fitzpatrick. And of course I'm talking about uh, the late great, well, not the late, he's not dead, but the, uh, the great Lynn Bowden, I think with his uh, three attempts, he had a 98 QBR. So uh, maybe we're not talking enough about what Lynn Bowden can do for us at the quarterback position. Yeah, maybe. Or we're not talking enough that he's possibly Armando Salguero's rat. Uh, there's all kinds of different things we'd be talking about when it comes to Lynn Bowden right now. Stay tuned because uh, you remember that episode of Santa Claus where Jakeem Grant ended up in Minnesota. Well, Keem Grant's a tiny man, and there's space in that car to Minnesota for somebody else. And uh, something tells me there might be an injured linebacker and a backup wide receiver in that car with them. So we'll talk about that maybe in uh, segment number two when we get into if it's going to be Tua Tungavailoa or somebody else for the Miami Dolphins. We'll get into it right after these words. You see, when you're a hairy mofo like me, you require special tools to meet your needs. And when I'm talking needs, I'm talking help which extends to below the belt. And with the Manscaped Perfect Package, making between the knees breezy comes easy. With the Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof design, featuring advanced skin-safe technology and soft ceramic blades, you'll turn that jungle into a perfectly manscaped yard. Toss in the ball deodorant and toner, and you'll be feeling like Peter North Down Under in no time. Go to manscaped.com and use our promo code FINSUP F-I-N-S-U-P, and help us help you save balls today.
And we're back talking all things quarterbacks for the Miami Dolphins. We are doing a deep dive, jumping into the deep end here with our blowholes all the way underwater. Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux. We just reviewed everything that the Miami Dolphins did at the quarterback position and maybe did not do in 2020. Let's move forward to 2021, Chris, because as you know, we're not in the AFC or NFC championship game, so we have time to talk about 2021. Motherfuckers. Okay, so um, let's take a look at what are our options for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 as the starting quarterback. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's pretty simple right now in the current state here, Chris, because Chris Greer and uh, Brian Flores have both come out on separate occasions and together and said that Tua Tungavailoa is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. Uh, everyone said that they needed to do that right away. They did it the day after the Buffalo Bills game in week 17 and said, he's our guy. So they already put that on the map and said, this is our guy. Shut up about everything else. It's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're not bringing in another veteran necessarily. We're bringing in Tua Tunga Bailoa. Well, we're going to keep Tua Tunga Bailoa. <laughs> um, now, even though the fan base, the citizens of Perfectville and Dolph fans everywhere said this is what they needed to do just to put it out of the way so that we're not you know, talking about Tua being benched again and so on and so forth. Uh, it still threw everybody up in arms. Everybody went, oh, my God, I can't believe Tua Tungabailoa is the starter. They're, they're, they're saddling us with Tua Tungabailoa. Uh, personally, I think Tua Tungabailoa deserves this, the chance to be the starter. You invested a fifth pick in him overall. Uh, you've already given him the shot out there. That he, he helped lead the team to 10 wins. The expectation in 2021 and beyond that the Miami Dolphins will be a perennial playoff contender, and that's going to rely solely – well, not solely, but a lot of it is going to rely on the quarterback play. So – Let's start there. Tua Tungavailoa already named the starter. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is it the right move or the wrong move in terms of strategy for the Miami Dolphins? Well, I'm pro Tua, um, but I'm also uh, pro locker room. And when Brian Flores comes out and he says everybody has to earn their spot and they, you know everybody has to come to work in the offseason and training camp, and then you're like, oh, uh, but, but except Tua, he's he's already the starter. I mean, obviously that's probably obvious that he is, but I would say, you know, just coming out publicly to do that, I guess, I guess I get it. You have to put out the fires, but um, you know, when everybody else has to earn their role, except the QB, that's where everybody kind of holds the grudge and things like that. But I don't think it's gonna be a problem in this locker room with two in general, because he's not the type that's going to walk in there swinging his dick around. Like I'm the starter. Um, he's, he's going to go to work and he's, he's never going to, um, you know, let that go to his head at all. He's the type of guy that's going to keep working and never, take anything for granted uh, or show any kind of ego that goes with that being a bad decision if it were to happen or be the case. So I think we'll be fine. Um, just coming out and doing that, putting the fire out, I guess that's no, no big deal. Um, but I think it should be a foregone conclusion. It's fifth overall pick uh, kids, you know, in the Heisman conversation and played it in, in the sec. Um, of course, he's your starter. So there's a couple of things. Ryan Fitzpatrick is no longer on this team. He's an unrestricted free agent. Could they bring him back? Absolutely, they could. But he's not on the team. So if you're looking at the future state of the Miami Dolphins, you have to look at who you know is on the team, and that's going to be Tua Tungabailoa. Um, and then, and, and really, that's it. That's really the only quarterback the Miami Dolphins currently have that's realistically going to be under center come week one, um, barring any injuries or, or trades or anything else like that. Number two, I'm glad you mentioned the locker room because you you alluded to it already, but there was a report that came out late last week, early this week from, I believe, Armando Salguero, who cited three unnamed players, um, which, by the way, uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check out Pat McAfee's uh, uh, thoughts 
about unnamed sources in sports media. Now he understands why you can be, you know, an anonymous source if you're dealing with world politics or something like that. But he thinks it's bullshit if you're an athlete and you don't go on the record. And I happen to agree with him. I think he makes a lot of sense here. But Armando Salguero has apparently talked to three different players um, who essentially have questioned if Tua Tungavailoa is the guy or not. And of course, this has stirred up a bunch of controversy here, Chris. Uh, at this point, there are a lot of rumors flying around as to who are those players, who are, you know, what is the source of this information, if any. Like, let's not forget that maybe perhaps Armando Salguero uh, is bullshitting everybody and he's talking to absolutely nobody and just stirring up shit because that's what some people do. Um, but you mentioned one of them, Lynn Bowden Jr. He happens to be one of the guys that people think was the source of uh, this this questioning of Tua Tungabailoa being the guy. Another one, uh, because he kind of outed himself, so people are <laughs> connecting the dots here. Vince Beagle went on to Twitter. Yes, that Vince Beagle, the guy who was like the people's champ for the Miami Dolphins in 2019, tore his Achilles going into 2020. We all felt bad for him. He's an unrestricted free agent, probably not the best career move here, Chris. Goes on to Twitter and retweets a photoshopped picture of Deshaun Watson in a Miami Dolphins uniform with the Jack Nicholson, you know, video of him going, yes, yes, this is what I want. And uh, wouldn't you know it, if he just gets absolutely blasted by the citizens of perfect bill and Dolphins everywhere, he immediately has to take the tweet down. Um, so people are thinking maybe Vince Beagle is one of those sources there too, but what do you make of this report? And is there a bigger problem if we've got three, let's just assume that all three went on the record and said, we're not sure if two is the guy or not. Is there a bigger problem in the locker room with Tua Tungabailoa being the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2021? I think uh, Armando Sagaro is full of shit. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, this guy's here's how I look at it. Uh, I used to do fraud investigation. You got to put a lot of breadcrumbs together to find a whole story of something. Armando Sargero has been around for a long time around the Miami Dolphins uh, franchise. We are the, or one of the youngest teams in the NFL, young players. No one knows who he is. He doesn't have the John Denny, the Rashad Jones, the Cam Wake sources that have been around this team for 10 years where he get kind of get close to him and give him a nice Christmas card and things like that. These guys don't care. So, I'm thinking there's one person, maybe, maybe that said that because like you said, with Pac Mac, if he's hundred percent, I agree with both of you. It's an absolute shit show to have uh, just be an, an anonymous guy. Like who does that? Like who goes, Hey, I'm, hey, Armando, I got some dirt for you, buddy. You want to know? Just can't use my name. Um, I think Tua is not that good. And we need someone shut up. Like no one's doing that. No one cares. Everybody moves around their business. These are professional athletes. Um, I think he completely made him up or there's like maybe one guy and it's Jake Rudock or some shit. And it's nobody of interest nobody of concern Lynn Bowden even came out and said uh him and Tua connected immediately which absolutely pr is proven you see it on the field he leaned on that guy like crazy like he just uh, I'd probably say after he started playing Lynn Bowden probably got the majority of the targets uh him and Jakeem Grant um from Tua Tungalavailoa so why is this guy who is like literally getting his career made by the guy throwing him the ball going to be the one that comes out and says something like that's so ridiculous um I I think Armando Seguero is Mr. Clickbait I think he wants uh clicks to his, his website to his blog um he creates narratives that don't exist and it's just kind of crazy to me i'm watching them and somebody i really respected too is barry jackson he's kind of getting into it as well where they're like writing these pieces that and just creating 
a whole story that doesn't even exist. Like Barry Jackson came out with a story. He's like, um, if the Dolphins did trade for Deshaun Watson, this is how they can do it and still build a roster around it. Why are we talking about this? Why is this a story? Because Chris Mortensen, who's literally a goblin, like came out and said that first of all, I said the Dolphins publicly have talked about trading for Deshaun Watson. Does he know what that means? Like who has publicly said anything? I haven't heard anything. It's all been sources and hearsay from people close to Deshaun Watson or Houston. We have not publicly said anything. The Miami Dolphins did not publicly say we're kind of thinking about Deshaun Watson. How about that? Sink on that, guys. No one's publicly doing that. So I don't even understand what that means. And they're creating the story just to because they're bored. There's nothing else to do. It's the offseason. And they wanted to cover a team in the playoffs and they get to do it. And they're babies about it. Well, we're going to talk a lot about Deshaun Watson here in just a couple of minutes because I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I want to get your thoughts on what it would take to get Deshaun Watson. And, and what does that look like if he is a member of the Miami Dolphins in 2021? Uh, but before that, I want your take on this because you played the game. You watched the Dolphins. You are a fanatic. You love Tua Tungavailoa. You watch college ball. You know the differences between college ball and the NFL. If Tua Tungavailoa is the starter in 2021 as we know it right now, what's the one thing? We just gave him like a B minus C plus type of grade. What, what's the number one thing he needs to work on in terms of the actual game in order to raise that grade in year two uh, in the NFL. What, what, in your opinion, does Tua Tungavailoa need to fix or get better at in order to you know, squash all this shit in the locker room? What, what is the one thing? He has to throw it down the field more. He has to take chances. He has to understand that one interception is not going to uh, uh, ruin uh, the, the entire game. Um, not so much a gunslinger mentality, but like you need to press the defense back and give them something to think about. And if all you're throwing are checkdowns and slants, they're going to play everybody in the box and defend that. You're going to have to stretch the field. You're going to have to uh, do more of which he still, he did, but you have to do more of those throws to Gusecki and Preston Williams down the field, those 50, 50 balls that you're throwing, throwing up. Um, and then you're going to have to do that over the middle of the field too, not just the sidelines, get guys uh, in yak position to catch it after the run, um, which he did a few times and there's drops of course, but that's where you also are going to add talent and that's going to help him. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd just be uh, testing the defense more and, and taking some more risks. I agree. I think he's going to have to, you know, stub his toe a couple of times. He's going to have to throw it down. Not, you know, not as carefree as Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you're right. He's going to have to say, look, my number one read is to catch Devonte Parker on a 15 yard slant. And I got to throw that ball. If I see his Jersey, I'm going to throw the ball and trust that he's going to go get it. And the ball is going to be placed in a way. I mean, nobody's questioning really to a tongue accuracy. It might be the velocity. It might be, you know, uh, the decision-making a little bit, but he can throw the ball and put it in a place where the receivers can catch it. So he's going to have to trust himself. And I think it's going to be kind of a snowball effect here, Chris. I think once he gets a couple of those things going, hopefully early in the season, all of a sudden he's going to go, oh, that's right. This is football. I've been doing this for a very long time. I know how this works. Let's get into that rhythm and let's go. Um, so I agree with you. I think that's the number one thing that he can do to help garner that trust is to show everybody that he can throw the ball, you know, beyond the Jarvis Landry line of, you know, 10 yards and in. And he's got to get, you know, 15 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards down and uh, and get himself a couple of explosive plays. I think uh, I think that's very astute by you, my friend. I think the weirdest thing, though, about it is if you look back at like the Cardinals game, for example, he was doing that. Like he literally threw it through a, a guy's hand in the 49ers. You remember that? Yep. Like the 49er game, the Cardinal game, he was. I, I, I I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I swear to God that Chan Gailey was calling different plays 
towards the end of the season. I don't know. I'm not saying he's sabotaging him, but he just wasn't because he, he's, he did it already. I, I don't, what happened to those plays? What happened to, uh, you know, th- those throws because he did do them. He did them like the, some rainbow throw to Gasecki over a guy's backs turned to him uh, where he's getting chased in the pocket or when he's uh, throwing it up to, to um, uh, fucking got it. I almost said Haskins, but I don't even remember. This is how bad our receivers were. I don't even remember his fucking name already the season and with the afro and he threw it up to mac hollins mac hollins thank you jesus but uh i just don't want to have to remember that name anymore let's get <laughs> Devonte smith please it's so much easier uh but yeah he made those throws like in the middle of the year and then they just stopped doing them i don't know if the defense took it away i haven't like admittedly i have not watched the all 22 um but he made those throws and then just kind of didn't anymore so i don't know what happened yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I think a little bit of too is, you know, you get hit and you get sacked 20 times in eight games or whatever it was for Tua Tungabailoa. And, that, and that's just the sacks. I mean, he's also got hit a bunch. You know, he got a little bit of happy feet. I mean, he's, he's trying to, you know, hold onto the ball and get to a third progression, that fourth progression, because he knows somebody's going to come open. And uh, you're getting hit as you're trying to make your first read. You know, that that makes you check down immediately, right? I mean, we just talked about Chad Henney and check down Chad. I mean, that that's where that comes from. You start to get a little scary and you're like, oh, fuck that. I don't want to get hit again because these, these guys in front of me uh, that are learning along with me just can't hold and sustain the blocks and oh by the way i'm getting all these defensive schemes thrown at me that i've never seen before i'm just going to go find the guy that's close to me and toss it to him Uh, i agree i think he's got to go a little bit further down the road here but uh speaking of further down the road here chris let's talk about what happens if tua tungavailoa goes all the way down the road and leaves the miami dolphins the rumor of the week the rumor of the day the rumor of the month until it's no longer going to be in play look at that rhyme, uh, is going to be Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins. Now, Deshaun Watson is essentially on the outs with the Houston uh, Texans. He doesn't like the owner. He doesn't like the vice president of football operations. He doesn't like, you know, Bill O'Brien. He doesn't like his teammates. He doesn't like Houston in general. Uh, and I don't blame him. Houston sucks. But I do I, I, I don't know. Like Deshaun Watson, the rumor is right now, Deshaun Watson would come to the Miami Dolphins. They would in turn give back to a tongue of Iloa and most likely a slew of first round, second round picks over the next couple of years. Uh, the problem I have with that trade in general is that you are now trading for Deshaun Watson and bringing him to the Miami Dolphins, who essentially would be the Eastern version of the current Houston Texans. I mean, the reason why we have so many draft picks is because we fleeced the Houston Texans and took all those draft picks away as they were getting rid of the talent around Deshaun Watson, saying Deshaun Watson can do it all. Now, Deshaun Watson can very much do it all at the quarterback position, but very much like Justin Herbert, very much like Joe Burrow, he had all these pretty stats there, Chris, and four wins. So I don't like the idea of trading for Deshaun Watson, getting that contract, going into a little bit of a cap hell and not having the assets either in free agency with regards to being able to go out and get a couple guys and sign them to contracts or the draft, because you're going to have to give them a bunch of draft capital uh, along with Tua Tungabailoa. So I don't like that scenario. What about you? Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Like this is, and not us. So like what to the world right now? Like why would we ever do that? Like <laughs> you got the fifth overall pick with all these picks around them. I mean, you're talking the third overall pick in one of the deepest drafts in recent memory where you can either take a Devonte Smith or, or, uh, you know, uh, Pule or, or trade down and get even more picks to add more guys to your team. What are we doing here? Because if you bring Watson here, you're, you, you lose all of that. Now you're talking about trying to rebuild your team in third, fourth, and fifth round picks, which can happen, which can happen. But 
it's less likely. We're, we're, is Watson right now a better quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa? Absolutely. Absolutely, he is. He is a better quarterback. Is he enough better than Tua that we would give up Devontae Smith? And I said this on Twitter. You would really trade Tua Tungavailoa, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris, and possibly a first-round pick next year for Deshaun Watson. You would like, I mean, honestly, would you trade if those guys are as good in NFL as they are in college? We're talking about just Heisman trophy winning, jumping over standing men, not even ducking down Najee Harris running through tackles. You're telling me a team with those three guys is not as good as just Deshaun Watson throwing it to Lynn Bowden, Malcolm Perry, because that's what he's going to have to do. I don't see that. That that that's not the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Okay, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Is Deshaun Watson awesome? Yes, loved him at Clemson. My son's a huge Clemson fan. He is ride or die an awesome NFL quarterback. He won four games with what we want to do. Our roster we would have in this scenario where we have to trade for Deshaun Watson. The only way I do this, Sam, is if and it looks like he he does. He has them by the balls. If he just doesn't show up, he has no trade clause, a no trade clause. So they can be like, hey, the Jets want you. And he's like, fuck that. And nope, doesn't happen. So that's it. That He has leverage. So if he says, hey, guys, I'm not going to training camp. I'm not doing this. You're going to pay me to sit at home. And I have to agree on any trade partner. All of a sudden, they can't ask for as many picks. And they might say, hey, Miami. All right, fine. Tua and 18. In that case, I would, I would consider it. You keep okay. three. And you keep other capital, but man, giving up all that capital and Tua for just a better Tua, I don't know. Let's let's play a little game here because uh, he's he he's a generational talent. He's 25 years old. He is, I would say, a top five quarterback in the NFL right yes. now in terms of just talent and production, so on and so forth. Um, let's let's play a little game. Straight up, you're trading Tua for Deshaun Watson, correct? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. One, one for one, absolutely. How many quarterbacks would that would you do that with? Everything else being the same, you got Patrick Mahomes. That's a yes. You've got obviously Deshaun Watson, like we just talked about. Aaron Rodgers at thirty-seven years old, no. straight up with Tua. No. I agree. No, yeah. even though he's going to be MVP, that's a no because you're talking about you know maybe three years of great to good production, and then he's going to fall off. Whereas Tua is like twenty-two years old and can potentially be much more than that. Okay, so we've got Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Uh, who else? Who else is in there? Josh Allen. Would you take Josh Allen uh, to a straight up? Pro- uh, man, probably. I would. He's young and he's great running. Yeah, I, I, I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would. I don't think there's any shame in our game to say that. Um, what about Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert for Tua straight up. No. No, I don't. I agree. Joe Burrow for Tua straight up. No, because he has like a, a torn knee now. But I mean. Probably, but yeah, he's coming off of one year of, of, of production in college. That scared me coming out. I mean, if Tua was 100 healthy as well, people are saying uh, he still would have been Tua would have been the first pick if he wasn't injured over Burrow. So no, Dak Prescott. No, you wouldn't take I mean, Dak Prescott. I think he's overrated as shit. I do too, but I'm just I'm making sure that we're on the same page here. So so far we have a yes on Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Who else? Who am I missing? I know there's somebody out there. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson for for Tua Tungavailoa. How old's Russell? He's 30, 31, something like that. Um, 
Probably you win a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, you play. You win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson in the next five years. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it boils down to. Are you winning a Super Bowl with that quarterback? And yeah, I think Russell Wilson would be another one that you add to that list. Uh, who else, Chris? Who else am I missing that we would trade to a straight up for right now in the current NFL? I, I, you know, Wentz, Goff, no, right, or from both, I, I wouldn't. Kyler Murray. Shit. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I'd probably do him straight, okay. straight up. Let's just say Kyler Murray for Tua. That's a, that's a fourth one, right? So now we got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. There's five that we would trade straight up right now for Tua Tungavailoa and, and not look back and say, good luck to you, Tua. This is our guy now. Yeah, there's uh, no one else. No no Breeze, no Brady, uh, no for Stafford, Matt Ryan. Baker Teddy Mayfield. Mm. Lamar Jackson. Oh, man. The uh, point is – yeah. There's about seven or eight quarterbacks right. that would trade straight up and say, now I'm going to build around this guy. Now, none of those guys are available other than possibly Deshaun Watson because he's so mad at the Houston uh, Texans right now. Now, we know they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson for Tua Tungavailoa straight up. So now we got to start adding to the package. The first thing they're going to ask for, Chris, is that number three overall pick. So now, would you trade the number three overall pick and Tua Tungavailoa for Deshaun Watson? So we're – Talking here, potentially Tua and a generational left tackle or the next Marvin Harrison. Straight up, them into a four Deshaun Watson. Yep. I pro- probably that'd be the most. That's if if so, I'm I'm still gonna call back and say 18. I want to keep three. That's um, not that's what's not on the board right now. The board right. is the third overall and Tua Tungavailoa for Deshaun Watson. Yes, because you still have 18. You still have uh, two seconds, absolutely, because you can build around them, and the free agents are going to be coming in droves if that happens. Totally agree with you, because you still have that first-round pick. You still have your picks in 2022. You still got those two in the second round there. Okay, now you go to them and you say, I'm going to give you Tua, and I'm going to give you Deshaun or, uh, and, and the number three overall pick. And Houston says, that's not good enough. This is Deshaun freaking Watson. He's 25 years old. You got to come more than that. And you come back with Tua Tungavailoa, the third overall pick, and the 18th overall pick. So both first-round picks, as well as Tua Tungavailoa, going to Houston, and you get Deshaun Watson back. I think I think you said Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you get Deshaun Watson back. Are you doing that trade? Two first-round picks plus Tua. Yes, I'm done there. I'm not going to – just to save you the time, I'm done there because you can you have two seconds now to possibly trade back into the first if you wanted to. So there's maneuvers that you can make to build guys around them. And, again, Watson coming to Miami, I'm telling you, Alan, every single receiver free agent's signing with us. Like, But the problem there, Sam, in lies, two is on a rookie contract. So we could build all around him with all these free agent stuff. We take on Watson's contract. We are strapped. When it comes to cap, now will guys take less to play with them in Miami? Maybe, but that's a whole nother story we're talking about here. Third overall, 18th overall, and Tua for Watson is if if Miami does any more than that, if they if they did that, I'd be pissed because, like I said, Tua, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, are they is Watson better than all three of those together for the next ten to fifteen years? I don't think so. So I'd be pissed, but I wouldn't quit being a fan <laughs> if you so trade here, two oh three eighteen and more i'm i'm done here here's i think i think that's the max right there that i would go is two first round picks along with Tua. now that doesn't have to be two first round picks this year i mean if you could swing a deal where it's the third overall and your next year's first and Tua, i think i do that as well because you have to give yourself some flexibility to build around deshaun watson because if you don't what's again you're you're what's the point what is the point at that point so i will say this if 
if they come at meaning Houston, if they come back and say you're third overall, you're 18 overall, your first rounder next year and to a tongue of Iloa, you're saying no, right? No, absolutely not. Cause then so what's I. the point? You, you're like, you said, you're the East coast Texans. So the other part of that problem is that, you know, we trade Tua. he's got guaranteed money. That's going to go to our cap. So you're right. Not only do you get Deshaun Watson back and you have his salary to deal with, but now you actually accelerate Tua Tungabailoa's bonus money, his guaranteed money to the next year's cap. And you're strapped again for free agents. So the point of talking about all this is that this is a really difficult trade for the Miami Dolphins to pull off and look at being better is Deshaun. You're basically saying Deshaun Watson is this good is so good that we don't need these other players and we're going to be better off for it. I don't think we are. I, I think if they did the third 18th and Tua. So here's the thing too. Somebody else brought this up and I thought it was a great point. That third overall pick I look at, if I were to trade back, Oh my God. Or if you were to trade that third overall pick, you're probably getting two future first round picks for that third overall pick. Like if you were to just trade out of the first round altogether with that pick. So you're really looking at trading like one and a half to two first rounders with that third overall pick. Plus you've got the 18 overall. It's a big package. It's a large package. And they're going to ask for the moon because Houston is in a spot right now where they are backed into a corner and they've got nothing but poison in front of them. So they, they, they sold out to get as much as they could in terms of Laramie Tunzel and, and people around him so that Deshaun Watson could be happy. And in turn, what they did is they pissed the man off to the point where he now wants out and they have zero draft capital to build around. And oh, by the way, they're going to be in cap hell as well, because all of his bonus money is going to jump to their cap when they trade him as well. So it's going to be a very difficult, difficult, task for the Miami Dolphins to trade for Deshaun Watson, number one. Number two, to do so and make themselves better. I think if it's the third overall and Tua Tungabailoa going to Houston and you get Deshaun Watson back, you go for it. And you sign that deal and you fly him you know, yourself on, on Stephen Ross's private plane. You get to the 18th overall pick on top of the third and Tua Tungabailoa. Now you're looking at, ooh, you know, I got to cut off my thumb. It's going to hurt. But in order for the body to survive, we're going to make it work. We'll see what happens. Anything beyond that? And I'm out. I can't do it. No. And here's here's the thing, too, Sam, is that um, we worked so hard and did so much to get to gather these picks and everything fell into place perfectly Tua gets hurt. He falls to five overall. Like, can, can you believe go back in time now and Washington football team didn't draft Tua Tunga Bailoa because they had Dwayne Haskins in the locker room? Like the, all things fell into place for this guy to land to us. We had the picks to put around them. Not only the picks, Sam, the the picks potentially having chemistry with Tua already because they played with him in Alabama. It is like, who wrote this? Because it's a Hollywood script. You trade all that away for Deshaun Watson. I I, I just, I can't, I can't fathom even uh, imagining it, but the Jets want to by all means. Well, well, think about this as well, because I think we're both circling the same drain here, Chris. We think right now the best option for the Miami Dolphins in terms of a starting quarterback is going to be Tua Tungavailoa in 2021. Exactly. He's already there. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? As the old saying goes, and I'm old, so I know how old sayings go. Um, But I'll also say this, Chris. The Miami Dolphins are coaching the Senior Bowl. The Miami Dolphins have coaches that are going to the East-West Shrine game. Do you really think the Miami Dolphins are going to send their coaching staff 
to both of these, you know, uh, college showcase games and have no picks and have no picks. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, you have to start using your brain. It's called thinking, ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to do this. They're not going to go to the senior bowl so that they can scout just a fifth round possible prospect. That's not going to happen. They're going there because Devontae Smith is there. Kadarius Tony is there. You know, they got pass rushers out there for the senior bowl. You got the East West shrine game. They're going there to figure out how they're going to maneuver around this draft because they have so many draft picks. If the plan is to get rid of all their draft picks you don't sign up to send your kid your your coaches there you just don't i'm sorry i mean that's just the way it goes so i agree with you i agree with me of course i think Tua tunga vailoa is the most realistic option barring the asking price coming down for deshaun watson again if it's a third overall on deshaun watson see you Tua. we love you but we're gonna win super bowls with deshaun watson <laughs> if it's beyond that you start to cringe. And if it's beyond the third 18th and over in Tua, no, I, I'm a no, I'm out, you know, and I'll be, and I'll be upset and I'll voice myself right here on this show. If that's what ends up happening. Yeah. And then here's my thing, Sam, as far as do we do any competition for Tua and uh, mm. you know, backup. Absolutely. And there's two names that we are coaching at the uh, senior bowl that I think would fit that mold perfectly in the fourth or fifth round. Well, and that's a that's what you call an epic radio tease there, ladies and gentlemen, because we've already decided that Tua Tungavailoa is our starter, but we got some other positions to fill at the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. Do they go with a rookie in the draft? Do they sign a veteran off the street? Do they go get themselves a trade partner for a veteran QB to come to the Miami Dolphins? Or do they bring back Fitzmagic and sprinkle a little bit more of that dust all over the Miami Dolphins in 2021? We're going to take one more break. Uh, we're going to kill some bugs inside of Chris Colin's house. And we'll be back right after this. This episode of Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you in part by Patch Vibes. That's right, Patch Vibes. Every citizen of Perfectville needs to go get themselves a couple of pieces of merchandise from patchvibes.com. You can get the GTA-inspired T-shirt. You can get yourself the 347 Shula patch that you're seeing being rocked on all the jerseys this season. And here's the best part about it. Not only can you get all of that stuff, but with any purchase from patchvibes.com, if you type in promo code FREEPATCHPOD, they're doing a little something extra for all the citizens of Perfect Bill because once you type in free patch pod into the promo code on patchvibes.com, not only are you going to get the stuff that you buy, but you're also going to get a free silver season patch. That's right. You've seen it on Twitter. You've seen it on social media. It is sweet, man. Get this patch for free with any purchase on patchvibes.com when you type in free patch pod into the promo box and get yourself suited up and booted up and ready for the playoffs with your Miami Dolphins. Thank you, Patch Vibes. And we're back, and we are ready to roll here, Chris. We already talked about the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. We both agree that right now, as we currently see it, that Tua Tungavailoa makes the most sense. He's already here. He showed some promise as a rookie. You went up – well, you didn't go up, but you had the fifth overall pick, and you used it on Tua Tungavailoa. We also agree that he needs some weapons there, and you have the draft capital to do it. It seems like the best-case scenario for the Miami Dolphins to be successful in 2021 and beyond, although there are some options out there like Deshaun Watson, or maybe you bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick and you give him some competition. One of the things that you mentioned right before the break there, Chris, is do you need to give Tua Tungabailoa some competition? One of the things that I talked about was that Chris Greer and Brian Flores already came out and said Tua Tungabailoa is the starter. They're pleased with his progress. They think he's seen he's shown some things uh, during his rookie season that they can build on. However, the caveat there was that there's always room for competition. That was one thing that Chris Greer said. So 
uh, as you talked about, you don't want to anoint him the king, but maybe you hold the scepter and the crown off to the side and let him walk over to you and put it on himself, right? So I think Tua is going to be the starter. He's probably going to win the win it outright. Um, but you do need somebody that you can rely on. Look at what just happened to the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. Patrick Mahomes gets a concussion. He's on Mars. Chad Henney has to fly back from whatever robot land he lives in and hold on to the lead long enough for the Kansas City Chiefs to get to the AFC Championship game against those Buffalo Bills. A couple of years back, Carson Wentz got hurt. Nick Foles came in and won the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. A backup quarterback is crucial to the success of any team. You need somebody that you can trust. Otherwise, why have them on the team? So, Tua Tungavailoa is our starter, Chris. Where do the Miami Dolphins go for the backup? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick is an unrestricted free agent. He most likely wants to play more than he's going to get the opportunity to in Miami. So, let's just assume Ryan Fitzpatrick – well. That's one option. But Ryan Fitzpatrick most likely not coming back to the Miami Dolphins. So where do the Miami Dolphins go? What are your thoughts? Um, so I'm going to keep the roster rolling uh, with youth. And I think you bring in a guy in the middle of the draft. You'll be coaching two of them um, that I like uh, personally. And that's Sam Ellinger from Texas and Ian Book from Notre Dame. So these guys have played in big stadiums, big games, big situations. And you get them in there kind of like the whole um, – um, God, what the hell? Russell Wilson's back up for a little bit there. Um, you like that. You like that. Who the hell am I thinking of? <laughs> Kurt, Cousins. Kurt Cousins. Kurt Cousins. Kurt Cousins drafted in the same draft as RG3, I think it was, and backed him up um, for a year or two there. So um, got his opportunity. You need a young guy to come in. You can get familiar with him this week at the Senior Bowl and coach him up. Um, and I think you go with like a mid to late round quarterback that you draft and kind of you know, hook your talents in, bring them in and um, get them in that meeting space in that locker room to back up to a, it just can't be anybody too big of a name, Sam, because everybody knows the best and most popular player is the backup. And I think that's a, one reason Tim Tebow didn't make it into the league is because I think he's was better than majority of backup quarterbacks, but they didn't want the issue of one pick. And then all of a sudden everybody's calling for him to come into the game. So if you get a guy like an Ian book or Sam Ellinger that had some success in college, but nothing crazy, um, that's enough to push Tua to be good, have somebody at backup if we need it, but not where, although it's our fan base, so I'm sure they'll be calling for him immediately. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I, that's where you'd go. Uh, again, I'm done with the McCoys and the <laughs> the cliche white backup quarterbacks. Please know. All right, so if Ryan Fitzpatrick, so number one, my preference would be if Ryan Fitzpatrick were to re-sign with the Miami Dolphins, he does so under the under the impression knowing he is the backup. He is there to help Tua. He is there to help him understand the defenses, be that leader, and come in if Tua is ineffective or hurt, right? I think that would be the ideal scenario. He signs a one-year or two-year contract and says, yes, I understand my role, and I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. I like Tua. I'm going to make sure that he's a success. I don't think that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick is looking for at this stage of his career. There's such a dearth of quarterbacks, even though there's so much talent, there's still a dearth out there. I mean, the Niners need a quarterback. The Saints are going to need a quarterback, most likely. Uh, the Colts might need a quarterback. The Patriots might need a stopgap for a year. I mean, there are options for Ryan Fitzpatrick to go out and play starting quarterback minutes uh, outside of the Miami Dolphins. So that's why I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back to the Miami Dolphins. Um, so 
your options are, like you said, you can go with, you know, a fourth or maybe fifth round draft pick and have a project QB that you can, you know, help learn and be to his backup, help them. You know, they're, they're the same age, essentially. Uh, they can learn together. They can come up in the lead together. They, you know, listen to the same music in theory and watch the same movies and have the same references, that bonding that can be there. Maybe you're, you're there. Um, I still kind of think Tua needs a little bit of an older veteran to help him out. And that's where I would go. I would actually look to the free agent market and see who's out there that could maybe you could pair with Tua that you still have enough confidence to come in and win a game or two should you need to win a game or two. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple names out at you. You tell me, and again, these people are probably going to be looking for starter minutes somewhere as well. Um, but I'm going to throw a couple names out there and you tell me whether this makes sense or not. Um, Jacoby Brissett out of the Colts. Sure. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be I like him a lot in uh, Indianapolis. So uh, in NC State, when he's in college, he's a good player. So I'd say sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, they have Philip Rivers, who's also an unrestricted free agent. I assume that the Colts are going to bring Philip Rivers back. They were a playoff team this year under him. They can draft a, you know a, a, a project QB to 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 learn under Philip Rivers, which I think squeezes Jacoby Brissett out. Jacoby is going to be looking for a place to to, to play. Uh, maybe being in Miami isn't the worst place in the world. You know, you're a veteran, but you're still kind of youngish. You can come in and win a couple of games. Uh, he's not a name that people are going to be clamoring for if you're thinking about it from an operational standpoint from the Miami Dolphins. They're going to want Tua, but Jacoby's there just in case. I like the idea of Jacoby Brissett. Um, what about another guy who's dealing with being a veteran and losing his job to a rookie? And that's uh, Tyrod Taylor out of the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. He was the starter coming in. He loses his job because somebody stabs him in the lungs and they collapse. <laughs> and Justin Herbert gets the job and never looks back. So Tyrod Taylor, unrestricted free agent. What about him? Um, he'd be okay for veteran leadership and he always killed us when he was in Buffalo. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling he's going to be looking to play, uh, especially after <laughs> very bad, <laughs> unfortunate events that happened to him in, in, uh, the, the chargers this season. So, uh, and then it was all for the best. He, like Herbert breaks every record. It's like, Oh, I didn't know Herbert's mom was a medical assistant. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know. His mom comes in. Oh, yeah, this is Nurse Herbert. What? <laughs> Deflated lung. And here comes Justin Herbert coming in, throwing 45 touchdowns and a loss. Um, okay, how about this? This is an interesting storyline. You know, we just talked about a Houston Texans quarterback coming to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to go down that road. We have an unrestricted free agent who last played with the Houston Texans. Uh, I believe he went to Alabama himself. Of course, I'm talking about A.J. McCarron. What about A.J. McCarron? No, in no Alabama cliche white backups. No cliche white backups. No McCoy, no McCarron, no Chase uh, Allen or whatever, Chase Young, whatever the hell his name is. No Ryan Fitzpatrick, no Chad Henney, no Matt Moore. No cliche white quarterback backup. All right, so we're here for this last segment. I'm just going to throw out a bunch of cliche white quarterbacks and you tell me yes or no. Uh, Joe Webb, New York Giants. Uh, no. Kyle Allen, Washington football team. No. Jake Rudock, Miami Dolphins. No. Josh Rosen, San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, now that would be fucking hilarious. And, and, and as a podcast host, Sam, for the Miami Dolphins, I pray to God that happens because that would just be fucking hilarious. And then even funnier, I think Tua is probably like older than Rosen. Rosen's so goddamn young. If, if like Rosen makes Tua like, like carry his pads and shit, like he's the veteran, he's been here longer, do it. Brandon, Brandon Allen, Cincinnati Bengals. No. Brett Hundley, Arizona Cardinals. These are all create a, char <laughs> create a char character 
cliche white quarterbacks. No. Blake Bortles, Los Angeles Rams. Positively not. He has a name of a Pokemon. Blake, Blaine Gabbert, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, he looks like the kid from fucking uh uh God. Remember not remember the Titans, but uh uh geez, Friday Night Lights. That's it. Yeah, kid from Tron. Mike Glennon, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Stop it. No, he's like seven foot tall. Looks like an ostrich. Joe Flacco from the prehistoric era. <laughs> no I mean, way. New York no, Cam well, Newton, Cam Newton, New England Patriots. No. Too I much agree. fanfare for a backup. No. Yeah, just, just that average Plus white. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Robert Griffin the third, Baltimore Ravens. Always hurt. No. Matt Barkley. Buffalo Bills. Cliche. <laughs> Every time I hear those names, they all look exactly alike to me. All of them. They're all exactly the same player. I'm going to name Matt next... Liner not available or Brady Quinn. I don't think they're answering the phone. I don't think they can afford T-Mobile. All right, let's go to the next four. I'm just going to name all four before you answer. Nathan Peterson, Nathan Peterman, Colt McCoy, Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky. I'm going to walk off set, Sam. I'm done. Like, absolutely not. We don't sign any of those. That's just Lynn Bowden, Malcolm Perry back up. Try something new. Get these guys out of the fucking league. I swear to God, if someone else signs one of the fucking brothers, you know, that played for the Eagles and shit, and now they coach high school and they just constantly are backup quarterbacks, don't do it anymore, please. Yeah, I'll uh, out of that list, I think Jacoby Brissett's about the only one that I would entertain. Maybe Terod Taylor, just because, uh, again, he's always had success against us. So <laughs> why not bring him into the fold? Um, everyone else, yeah, that's slim pickings, man, at least right now. I'm sure there's going to be some other names that pop up onto the market. But uh, if that's the list to choose from, from a veteran QB, uh, count me into the project quarterback with a fourth or fifth round pick for the Miami Dolphins. So um, what have we learned here today, Chris? So I think we've learned that Tua Tungavailoa is our best option to be successful in 2021 and beyond. For the Miami Dolphins, uh, he allows you to A, already have somebody in-house, B, uh, keep all your draft picks, C, continue to have the free agent dollars to go out and get some more talent if you need to. Uh, and then we also think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably not coming back to the Miami Dolphins. So you're going to have to replace either the veteran presence or at least the physical backup to Tua to Tonga-Vailoa. And where do you go there? The strategy is either to go get, you know, somewhat of a project pick fourth, fifth round, you know, four-year starter in college that can uh, come in and, and at least understand an offense and, and, and help uh, relay signals and things of that nature. Or you go get yourself a journeyman quarterback like a Jacoby Brissett if he's willing to get a backup deal. Uh, very similar to what like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater did with Drew Brees all those years in the New Orleans and was able to cultivate that into a starting spot for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but that's it. There's a lot of old you know, uh, standard white quarterbacks on the market here, Chris. But as you said, we don't need generic white quarterback number three uh, in, in, in the Miami Dolphins uniform next year. We need somebody who we can trust uh, to help continue to win games should Tua Tungabailoa be out for any reason. And on the veteran market right now, I'm only looking at Terod Taylor and Jacoby Brissett. Yep, those are the only guys that would come in on the snap, I think, and really help you win. The other guys are uh, cliche and and not good at their job, but they, for some reason, keep getting employed. Well, they keep getting employed. And uh, speaking of people who are good at their job, his name is Chris Cullen. My name is Sam Marku. We just took a deep dive about an hour underwater talking all things Miami Dolphins quarterbacks, what happened in 2020, the year that was, the year that is, and the year that will be going forward. Tua Tungavailoa, Miami Dolphins. Looks like a marriage for quite some time. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to talk about before uh, we say goodbye on this very special episode of Welcome to Perfectville? Nope, my blowhole is soaked. 
Well, there you go. And uh, his, his blowhole soaked. Uh, that made me wet for some reason. I'm not sure. Uh, and what we're going to do is uh, I think we're going to, I don't know, maybe we'll do wide receivers on the next one. We'll do a deep dive into the wide receiver room. Uh, it's a very shallow pool. <laughs> to, maybe to don't dive, dive into that in. one. Maybe, <laughs> maybe slowly just walk into the waiting water. We'll, we'll float into the shallow end of the kiddie pool that is the wide receiver room next. And we'll figure out how do we do it? What do we do? We've got options in free agency. We've got options in the draft. We'll figure out how to fix the wide receivers for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. But until then, unless you have anything else left to say there, Chris. No, sir. Goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Somebody beer this guy a guy. What? Somebody get this beer a guy. No bugs were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> I can't believe that with that bug. Holy shit, that was funny. Dude, that was amazing. That's our that's our promo right there. Yeah, that's live that's that's live TV, man. There's nothing new. That's like that news reporter when that fucking lizard jumped on him and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh my god, <laughs> freaked out. So uh a special guest appearance from the bug. Uh okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.